This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Emma Dunphys. Now today, and we're speaking on Friday morning, the process of exchanging hostages for prisoners began. It was the beginning of a four-day phase when there will be no fighting. It will now allow hostages to be exchanged, 130 in total coming from Israel and 50 from the Hamas controlled Gaza Strip. And it is also going to be possible to let fuel, medical supplies and other badly needed things to be brought into Gaza without the fear of serious consequences. It is an uneasy truce and it is believed that not all of the Israeli war cabinet are in favour of it. To discuss this now, we're joined by one of Britain's most distinguished journalists. His name is Peter Oburn. He won't be any stranger to our regular listeners. He finished with Fleet Street as such, as chief political commentator for the Daily Telegraph. He resigned in early 2015. He has twice won Journalist of the Year in Britain in different categories. His latest book is called The Fate of Abraham, why the West is Wrong About Islam, and also he has a book out, The Assault on Truth, Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, and the Emergence of a New Moral Barbarism. At present, he writes a column, a political column from Middle East Eye, a diary column for the Byline Times. He's just arrived back in London from the West Bank, where he has been in Ramallah and other cities and towns there, witnessing an element of the dispute between the Palestinians and Israel that is rarely focused on, particularly in the light of what's happening in Gaza. That is the expansion of settlements in the West Bank and the really intense effort to rid the West Bank of the Palestinians for whom it has been a home forever. Peter, thank you very much for joining us. You've just come back and you've written very vividly about what you saw. And the focus is on Gaza, but what's happening in the West Bank 
explains a lot about the disposition, shall we say, of Israel and its view of its future. Yes, and I think the West Bank was part of the reason why for the what you might call the breakout by Hamas in the first place. <laughs> it's very. Um, I I'd just flown back, and I was in uh, across much of the West Bank. I stayed for a long time in Nablus, which is in the north, and went to the stage in the villages um, around there uh, in Jenin, in the um, in the far north of, of, of the West Bank, uh, around Hebron, and saw the erasure of villages. I mean, this is ethnic cleansing, and um, I think it's important to say that the West Bank is in the in under the control of uh, two, I mean, basically racist supremacist figures, uh, uh, Smotrich, who has the in charge of what is it's an Orwellian term, the civil administration of the West Bank, and uh, Ben Gavir, who um, is in charge as Minister of National Security and head of the so-called Jewish Power Party. It's it's a very um, Oh, it's a terrible situation if you're a Palestinian in the West Bank, and uh, it's in, you go to the villages in the remote areas, uh, surrounded by settlements uh, which are illegal under international law, and um, seeing the settlers come down, I mean, uh, and smashing them, their houses, smashing their agricultural machinery. Um, it, Taking away, you know, stopping them going, you know, attacking them as they go to the olive fields. This is the olive harvest, yeah. And so, the, which which the rural communities depend, and it's been since time immemorial, as a joyful time. But this year, they they go out into the fields, they'll get shot at with M sixteen rifle machine guns, or they'll get attacked with stones, and they were basically threatened and, and, and ordered off the land. Uh, and so, this is settlers that are taking advantage of the uh, Gaza. A tragedy to, um, to to sort of fo- follow up that aim, which in many cases is quite explicitly the uh, getting rid of Palestinians from that from from what they what the Israeli settlers call Judea and Samaria, uh, biblical. Yes, and their belief is, I mean, and some of them are in this war cabinet. People who believe this is that this is God-ordained from thousands of years ago the home of the Jewish people. And the Palestinians really have no place in it. You describe very vividly Palestinian houses being raided, fixes and fittings ripped out, money stolen, papers destroyed. And, of course, many of these people are wearing military uniforms. They shoot to kill. And they have imposed a reign of terror in the West Bank on the Palestinian people, and they are supported by Israel's army. And as you write, their message to Palestinians in the West Bank is always the same. Get out or be killed. Now, this has nothing to do with October the 7th or Hamas and that atrocity. This is par for the course, isn't it? It is tough. It's a process which has been going on uh, for a very long time, but uh, it's really accelerating after October the 7th when the eyes of the world are in Gaza and um, I think they feel a sense of revenge. Yes. Uh, and that's being permitted. You have uh, the Minister of 
national security, releasing guns to civilian population. Now, I, I, I don't think it's meant to be the settlers, but it's uh, it, they, they're very likely to end up there. Um, and the settlers are armed. I mean, and the Palestinians in the villages I've been to are not. They, they the best, and so it's it's a really um, horrible situation. Um, it is. It is interesting that the United States has started to speak out against this, uh, and we've had some feeble words from the ones from the British Prime Minister. That's all I've seen. Um, but there's no; the, the, these are crimes against humanity committed. It's ethnic cleansing, isn't it? And it's ethnic cleansing. I mean, which is a bit of a feeble word, actually, because yes. uh, they are going; they're driving people out of their ancestral homelands. Yes. Uh, and 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 this is occupied territory, not recognised as being Israeli. It's like an invasion. It's an act of aggression. Um, and, and yet the world is very well. I haven't seen my the British government sort of really doing any actions about this. I mean, there should be. These are terrible things which are happening. And I've been meeting these the looks of despair in some of the leaders. Uh, you know, because that's the community. But nor often defiance, we are going to stay. You know, they, yes. the settlers come every day with iron bars, with guns, they're going to their houses, and yet we are going to stay. I would rather die than leave my homeland. I mean, that's what the, they say to you again and again, the, the, the villagers. And the settlers are very militant. Do they tend to be, and have they, tended to be, because this is something that's been going on for a long time, the expansion of Israel, more people arriving to live in Israel. This is apparently accepted, or a blind eye is turned, by the great nations of the West, and of course the European Union, the United States, United Kingdom, the European Union. This is okay. I am... Um... I mean, I, as I said, the, the, there have been some uh, utterances uh, of a concern about sector activity from the US and also from from Britain, but they're very mild and there's no kind of weight behind them. You know, no, no, you know, there's no penalty. You know, there's no suggestion any kind of thing serious is going to be done. And of course, but, but more seriously, I think um, moving the subject back to Hazard, uh, you know the. The kinds of the fact that the Britain, the you know, European Union, the United States have been fully supporting uh, Israel as it has massacred so many thousands of children. Well, I mean, I, I, just so, so many thousands of people, civilians in Gaza. It looks now, um, you know, they basically ran out of the ability to count for a while because you know it was so desperate and dark. The official figure is 14,000, but the estimate is there are 6,000 more under the rubble. So it's yes. 20,000 almost entirely innocent people, civilians, dead. 20,000. Yes. I mean, and I think uh, if you compute that in terms of, you know, this is in a population of 2.3 million. Yes. Uh, you know, I think I'm trying to work out, say, in Britain, I think it's something that means something like 600,000 British people would be dead if that 20,000 figure is correct. Something, yes. something approaching 
maybe half for half a million, and and and, the, 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 and that's just the dead. You go then you move on to the injured. Yes, and it's estimated that of that fourteen thousand, six thousand, or roughly, of them are children. There are two hundred medics who stayed in those hospitals that were under attack who have died. The UN has lost more than 100 people. And the question of the silence or the relative silence of the great enabler in all of this, which is the United States, how seriously does Netanyahu and his cabinet in which he is by no means the most extreme, which is a rather alarming thought. How much notice did they take? Because the Americans have been urging for weeks now some relief for the people of Gaza, some pause such as the one we're seeing now. And it appears as if the Israelis are not really heeding what the Americans are asking for. Blinken, for example, Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, said last week, late in the day maybe, too many Palestinians have been killed. Nothing happened. Well, uh, yes, I mean, the, to start with, and for a long time, they were just fully fully behind uh, the, 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 the massacres in, in uh, Gaza. And um, it is, I think the, uh, only recently the Americans started to get cold feet um, I, I do think that the United States uh, will impact on uh, the thinking of, of Netanyahu because, he, you know, they are the ones, bear in mind, that who, who supply so much money, arms, intelligence, um, you name it, uh, uh, to, 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 the, um, to, to the Israelis on this uh, assault on Gaza. So America is deeply complicit. Biden uh, has, uh, has blood on his hands. Yes, for sanctioning this because they've been supplying. You know, you saw the you know, the, the, the American arms going in, in that direction of part of that part of the Mediterranean, and so they've got blood on their hands. The United States, uh, as does Britain, and they've also sent two warships and a few thousand troops, which it is said they've done to deter Iran from getting involved, or indeed Hezbollah. Yeah. who are based in Lebanon. Yes, I think that, and I think that's the most plausible uh, explanation of the presence of, uh, you know, the, the heavy weaponry and ships in that part of. I think they were there to try and deter Hezbollah uh, from getting involved. Uh, and since Hezbollah has not got launched all-out war on Israel, which would have led to a terrible regional conflict, I mean, in, which would have dragged in Iran and other neighboring countries. Yes. And led to uh, really, well, I mean, the situation is utterly shocking and terrible. But it would have been a a regional war with all that. What that meant, Um, then, uh, with tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands more civilians killed. But I think that you you can argue that that was a precautionary measure, which maybe um, helped to bring a little bit of peace. But what you can argue that. What has not 
bought peace. There is the American full-blooded support for, for Netanyahu, who was one of the most far-right leaders in the, in the world. And his, his language has been quite extraordinary. He, talked, he invoked Amalek, which is, the, um, is in the Bible. Uh, look it up, Prophet Samuel. Basically, Amalek was a rival uh, tribe, or something, and you know, kill every kill every woman, child, and uh, man, woman, and child, and it's uh, you know, a genocidal uh, invocation. Yeah. Uh, uh, you should take this very seriously too, because if you want to, I've been trying to think what the Israeli uh, strategy is in, in Gaza. You know, um, and they've killed so many innocent people that you know. That you you wonder whether it, that's military at all, or whether there is just a, you know a, a genuine attempt to get Palestinians out of Gaza, as uh, you know has been part uh, and 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 turn it into some sort of Israeli area or something. I mean, just get the. It's very difficult to be sure, but if you look at the genocidal rhetoric of Netanyahu and many other leading Israelis, yes. you've got to wonder whether you should actually take it seriously and think that is the policy they have had. I'm not saying this is, is the case, but you just it's been very shocking to read that. Yes, and they've used it. They've talked uh, about the Palestinians being animals. Yes, well, that's genocidal rhetoric too. Yes, the, the great Nakba. Could you explain to me and our listeners, this goes back to 1948, when the State of Israel was created post the Second World War and the British were in control at that stage. And what happened was that three quarters of a million Palestinians were, were removed, really, to create the space for a Jewish state. That was Nakba. You have in your column that you wrote from the spot when you were there last week, wait for the great Nakba. So uh, is this activity on the West Bank, is this leveling of Gaza something that might lead to the great Nakba? Well, I think that's, there's no question that this is, um, that, the great Nakba was a quote from, I think, an Israeli settler. Uh, uh, and so there's a lot of sentiment in that direction. And actually, if you go back to the origins of the Israeli state, there was always a recognition among the founders of, of Israel that the Palestinians were a problem because it was they were there. Yes. Uh, and it, to create Israel, you needed to dislodge the Palestinians. And uh, if you didn't do that, you know, there was going to, there was going to be what the Israeli, the, the early Israelis or Zionists, you know, saw us hostile and treacherous people in your land. So that dilemma. There's a story in the, uh, I think it may be apocryphal, but it's in Abby Schleim's wonderful book, The Iron Wall. Yes. Uh, that, uh, you know, that the two, two rabbis went to investigate the colonization of, of, of Palestine at, at the start of the 20th century. And they came back and said, well, the bride is beautiful, but she is already married to another man. Yes. And, of course, this that they were identifying the central dilemma of, 
of um, the Israeli colonization or the Jewish colonization, as it was early on, of that area. And of course, this is, in a sense, a, a deep continuity. Yeah, the Nakba, well, the Israelis would see it, and I think it's important to, to, to also to read uh, Israeli uh, narratives about this. There's a war of liberation. They were attacked almost immediate, immediately after independence uh, and partition uh, by Arab states. Um, in, in 1948, I think it was May 48. I think I'm right in saying was the uh, month in which it was uh, Israeli had Israel had independence. Their story is that we were attacked by uh, Egypt, Jordan, Syria, etc., and uh, uh, and we had to defend ourselves. And it was a glorious victory for plucky Israel. Yes. Uh, that that uh, 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 other historians, most notably Ilan Pape, who's a Jewish uh, Israeli historian. Um, produced this important book, The Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine, in which he he shows that the depopulation, to use a sort of abstract word, of the uh, Arab villages had been planned long in advance and started long before, several months before the British uh, quit their mandate role in, in Palestine. Uh, uh, and Ilan Pape, a planned Dalek, it was called Dalek. It was called uh, had been, which was just to ethnically cleanse, often through very violent means and massacres. Uh, the Palestinians had started was was planned well in advance and started before independence. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. 
Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Peter, the death toll in Gaza is somewhere between 13 and 14,000. The American support for this or Joe Biden's support for it is unconditional, really. He said a few weeks ago in his kind of folksy way, quote unquote, that Bibi, that's Netanyahu, and I have been friends for 40 years. It was a kind of, I mean, I think but in some ways Biden has been a good president, particularly Ukraine-Russia, and galvanizing NATO, shall we say. But this is mad stuff, isn't it? To talk fondly of a friendship and at the same time to be providing the dollars and the weapons to allow Israel to go on this path. Where is this path leading? Not just Israel. Where is it leading the West, Peter? Where is it leading the United States of America? Where is it leading Europe? And where is it leading the United Kingdom? Well, what I would, uh, the way I want to answer that is just by passing on to you the, the comments made to me by ordinary uh, Palestinians. Um, and they, without exception, say that there was a long period when they believed Western claims to represent human rights, democracy, uh, and so on. And they looked for hope of, to the West. Uh, and in the light of the last six weeks or so, uh, uh, they have lost all hope. They don't believe that the West does stand for those things uh, at all. Um, they, they see it as aiding and abetting the uh, mass murder uh, slaughter, indiscriminate killing of civilians, and uh, and no re- and no real rebuke for the settler violence, which is so horrifying. And so I think they, this has been a moment of gross, great disillusion in the West, and this, of course, is shared by all the um, Arab, no, but not just them. I mean the. Uh, you know the, the what, what is now called it's a bit of jargon, really, the global South, South Africa, yes. Latin America. Uh, you know, most of the world looks at these scenes. And by the way, one of the things we haven't said is that we we, we only seen them thank we only seen the horror thanks to the incredible heroism of local journalists yes. in Gaza, many of whom I think it's approaching fifty have been killed incredibly brave people yes. without having, and we haven't um, properly paid, because one of the structural problems of the Western media is that if a Western journalist gets killed, there are great obituaries everywhere, and yes. um, everybody says what a great person he or she was. Uh, you know, these 50 Palestinian journalists who have been killed and very likely, although I wouldn't like to say for sure, targeted by Israelis. Um, they, it, in order to bring these horrific images to the to the world, is another double standard. So the, the West, I, I think this is the moment. And I, actually, having been uh, in 
the in, in the West Bank, not in Gaza, for the last five or five weeks. I mean, I share it. I, I think that there is the West has lost all moral authority. Yes, this, I mean, never reclaim it. I don't think. I think this is about this for this reason. I think it's and it's disastrous because it means that you know the hypocrisy of. Um, the West in, in condemning Russian aggression and killing yes. Russian killing of civilians. We don't condemn the killing of civilians when uh, it's done against Palestinians subject to yes. Israeli aggression. So it's there is a real problem here. I think it's in. I think it's uh, part of the very rapid decline of Western power. We've lost. We know, we know we've been losing. Uh, um, economic power in the West, but this is moral power, and there's been a it's fallen through the floor. And I, as I, and I, actually, I, 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 Ireland has been a the one ex, one of the very few exceptions to this, where the uh, you know. Uh, but as far as Britain is concerned, I just despair. Let me ask you a question that people listening to our, our conversation in the last thirty minutes, which is about to end uh, soon, might say. These two guys are against Jews, against Israel, against Israel's right to survive. This is not partial. When this matter first arose on October the 7th, and in fact throughout my career as a journalist, I've always opposed, what, and the IRA come into this, what I call terrorism, which is the murder for political ends of innocent people. So I began, unlike the BBC, who did not describe Hamas as terrorists, I would describe that act, that atrocity on October the 7th, as terrorism, and I would condemn it unequivocally. Would you? Uh, well, I mean, more than condemn it, I think it was almost uniquely barbarous. Uh, yes. If you look at the, um, the the kind of photos and the the simply the, the video of the of what the, some of the things which were happening, you know, it is sickening and horrific. Yes, um, and of course you condemn it. I think it's, um, it, I, I think uh, you in order to, you have for you and me, uh, uh, you're a decent person. You have to condemn violence uh, of any kind, aimed at. Yes. I mean, you know, of any kind. One of the problems of these definition of terrorism, though, which is why the BBC, I think, or is part of the reason why the BBC might have been reluctant to use the word early on, is that as you, uh, you, your definition, it's political violence, the, the yes. killing of innocent people for, um, for political ends, is that it only... <laughs> If you look at the legal definition of it, it only applies to non-state actors, to use the jargon, uh, and not to states. So states, yes. states whether it's yes. China, Russia, Britain, the United States, uh, which uh, all of whom have, all four countries of which have, have deployed state violence, um, think of the uh, illegal Iraq war or the uh, what is going on uh, to the Uyghurs in China, you know, what uh, yes. Putin has been doing in Ukraine, um, and many other examples, that's not terrorism, because by definition, a yes. state cannot now commit. In my view, that is a problem, because a resistance organization, whether it's um, in, um, 
the Uyghur, Uyghur Liberation Front or, you know, Fatal Hamas or et cetera in, in, in Palestine, all sorts of the ANC fighting uh, apartheid in, in South Africa. Yes. They are all automatically terrorist organizations. Yes. So, I think that we need to ponder this, and actually, I will leave a final thought here: that um, I think we need to have a uh, there needs to be a war crimes investigation on all sides. Yes, and we want to see people involved. People who have been guilty of ordering war crimes, committing war crimes, whether they're Hamas or um, Israel. Uh, that we want to see them in front of uh, uh, the Hague, um, being accused of war crimes, to send a message that the world does cannot sanction the use uh, the, the use of violence against civilians. And uh, I, in my view, the prima facie evidence of war crimes crimes against humanity is so great that uh, it must must happen and must go ahead and must be supported by all countries across the globe. Okay, Peter, we're very grateful to you for joining us. Peter is one of Britain's great journalists. His courage is remarkable. And even though he once was a friend and colleague in The Spectator of Boris Johnson's, he still chronicled all Boris's lies. And you can find that online if you just tap in Boris Johnson's lies. We're very grateful to you, Peter, indeed, for joining us today. Thank you very much indeed. And Peter was on the ground for five or six weeks in the West Bank, which has not featured much in commentary on this conflict in Gaza, but it is very much part of the story. We're grateful to Peter, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.